Hello, and welcome to the Elk River Lutheran Church Powered by Love podcast, recorded in beautiful downtown Elk River, Minnesota, right on the banks of the Mississippi River. Today we'll explore the Bible, life, and faith. So sit back, relax, and enjoy some sacred wit. To be powered by love is a spiritual thing, more than a feeling. To be powered by love Don't take money Don't take fame Don't take no credit card To ride this train It's strong and sudden It's cruel sometimes But it might just save Your life To be powered by love Well good morning church I have this story in my brain, and I don't actually remember it happening. It's one of those things where my parents have told me this story so many times that it feels like a real memory to me, but I don't actually remember it. You know, it's one of those. We were at my grandparents' house, sitting in their front living room, which looked out over their front yard. And I was in the room with my parents and my grandparents, and I was perched on the couch, which backed up over the big bay window see the whole front yard. And I saw the most amazing sight. I saw a woman pushing a shopping cart down the sidewalk, nowhere near a grocery store. I thought it was amazing, at least to my little four-year-old self. Her, uh, her, she had dirt on her face. She was dressed in rags. Her hair was disheveled. The cart that she pushed contained a bunch of black trash bags, but she clung to it and pushed to it like it contained her very life. I was enthralled. I wanted my own shopping cart. So I turned and I declared to my whole family, I want to be her. I asked who she was, and my parents had to do a double take. They looked back outside and they noticed that she was there because they didn't see her before. And when they saw her, she said, oh, that, she's a bag lady. And I just thought it sounded amazing because of the shopping cart. I wanted this shopping cart. So I, of course, turned to my whole family and declared, I want to be a bag lady. (laughs) To which they erupted in laughter just like you did because it's funny when kids say things like that. A bag lady was an expression, many of you know, to describe somebody who was experiencing homelessness. I basically declared to my whole family that I wanted to be homeless when I grew up. It's usually not on the top of children's lists of what they want to be when they grow up. In first century, century, when Jesus was born, if a little four-year-old child declared that she wanted to be a shepherd, her whole family would have erupted in laughter as well. A shepherd was one of those least desirable occupations at the time. These shepherds were low on the totem pole. People forgot they were even there, barely saw them when they walked by. They were judged to be not just poor but untrustworthy as well because they traveled around a lot and were gone for a long time. They didn't make many friends because they had very few friends. People assumed they couldn't be trusted. Also, the word unclean got assigned to shepherds often. There were purity laws at the time. 
laws that said who was allowed in the temple and what things would keep people out of the temple, many of which had to do with touching blood or body fluids. Shepherds had to care for sheep often, had to care for their blood and their body fluids often. So many times the days that they were required to stay out of the temple would restart well before they even got to go back in or go into the church. Forgotten, poor, untrustworthy, unclean. With a reputation like this, shepherds received very little welcome everywhere they went. Shepherds had an interesting job, though. They often were in charge of hundreds or even thousands of sheep at a time. That belonged, these sheep belonged to someone else. They were entrusted with their care. They were hired caretakers, and their wage was often paid at the end of their weeks or months that they spent with these sheep, and it was based on the number of sheep they were able to keep alive in that time. Shepherds would lead their sheep to pastures for food and then on to water for drinking. A funny fact about sheep, sheep, they, they get terrified easily and they refuse to drink from moving water. So often, shepherds would have to lay down logs and rocks to dam up a river to create still water for a sheep to drink. And wolves, wild animals, were always lurking. So the, she the shepherd would go on ahead of the sheep to scare off any wild animals. They would often have to go through their fur and groom their sheep, these hundreds and thousands of sheep, to keep them from getting matted or getting parasites. If a sheep got hurt or repeatedly wandered off, a shepherd would then carry the sheep across his shoulders. These sheep were often between 130 and 200 pounds as adults. I bet those shepherds wished they had a shopping cart. Sometimes families even shepherded together. Some women and older children would be seen out there together, damming a river or grooming the sheep. But shepherding work was not desirable. I imagine these sons and these daughters asking their parents, saying something like, Dad, are we always going to be shepherds? Is this all there is for us? And the parents would reply with stories from their past, remembering stories of shepherds that became more than just shepherds. Remember Abraham? He was a shepherd before God started a whole new nation from him. And remember Moses? Moses was a shepherd before he led our ancestors out of slavery. And never forget the greatest king we know, David. He was a shepherd before he became a king. I imagine the shepherds from our reading today gathering together that night and talking about these great shepherds of their past before closing their eyes and settling in for the night. Trying to catch a little rest and then, lo, an angel of the Lord stands before them. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them. And they were so afraid, which of course they were terrified. Not only was it like someone sneaking up on them at night, 
But uh, almost every time an angel showed up in the Bible, the people were indeed terrified. It's kind of like a scary movie. Suddenly in the pitch black, an angel is just standing there in front of them. I'd be terrified as well. But of course, when I picture angels, for some reason, they look kind of like Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones from Men in Black. They're like black glasses and, and suits on. I don't know. Maybe that's another story. But these angels who visited our shepherds that night brought good news of great joy. The angels announced that this savior of the world has been born in Bethlehem, the city of King David, whom these shepherds were just talking about. And it's not even far from here. And these shepherds are probably thinking, if this Messiah is born, he's likely to be in a palace, or like a king, or a temple, or somewhere really important and guarded. But the angel goes on to say that the baby will be wrapped in cloths and lying in a feeding trough. Wait, what? A manger is better translated as a feeding trough. And this savior of the world is lying in a feeding trough? You can see the question marks. Because this news changes everything. Stick with me as I share a little bit about the Christmas story that may be a different than what's in your, in your memory already. Many of us have heard how there's no room at the inn meant that Mary had to give birth in a stable or a barn. But that word that often gets translated as inn is kataluma in the Greek. And Pastor Nathan preached about this last week, that this word kataluma is better translated as guest room. <laughs> in the first century time, common peasant homes had one or two rooms in them, usually a great room and then often another little room where the family would sleep. And then often, many homes had a cataluma, an extra guest room built on top of their house or off to the side. When there's no room for Mary and Joseph in the cataluma, they probably stayed inside somebody's great room where their animals slept at night. Many families had just a few livestock, and they couldn't stay out wandering at night because of predators. So these animals would come in and sleep inside the main room of the house. So of course they would need a feeding trough. These feeding troughs were made of stone and built right into the floor of that main room. Matter of fact, here is a photo Nick will show you. These are the remnants of a first century home near Bethlehem. This is the feeding trough that would have been installed right into the floor of that main level of their home. And I thought my dog's water dish took up space. <laughs> Can you imagine sharing your living room with a goat or an ox or a sheep? Vicky, trying to watch the Vikings game with an ox roaming by? Oh my gosh, the goat would probably swallow your remote hole or eat your Xbox cables, right? But it was probably very comfortable for Mary and Joseph to be inside, out of the elements, with the warmth of the livestock. 
But you may have noticed that none of this is stated in that text that we just had read for us. This comes from common understanding of the culture of the day. The author of Luke did not have to explain this to his audience. It was common understanding that the animals would come inside and sleep in the homes at night. So when the angel of the Lord appeared to our shepherds and said that the baby born in Bethlehem is in a feeding trough, the angels were basically saying, this infant king was born in a place that you know, a place that you have access to. When the angel said that the baby was lying in a feeding trough, those shepherds could have thought, well, that's kind of like my home, and that's kind of like my neighbor's home, and that's kind of like every home that I know of. The feeding trough is in the house. The Savior of the world was born near me, waiting for me in a place that I understand. He's not born in a palace where only royalty can visit. He's not born into a church where only clean, righteous, religious people can visit. This savior of the world is born into a peasant home like mine so that I can have access to this baby, so that I, a forgotten, poor, untrustworthy, unclean shepherd, could have access to him. And I imagine God saying to these shepherds, I see you. I know what they say about you. I know they call you liars and untrustworthy. I know they call you unclean. I know they look down on you and forget about you. But I see you. I see who you are. And there isn't a place in the world that I would go where you couldn't be with me. And I imagine God saying to that woman pushing the shopping cart in front of my grandparents' house, I see you. I know they call you unclean. I know they forget about you. And I know they look down on you when you walk by. But I see who you are. And there is no place in the world that I would go where you couldn't be with me. I don't know the sentences that swirl around each of your own heads about whether or not you deserve for God to come to you. Perhaps you focus on your own shortcomings, the judgmental thoughts in your head, the addictions that you have, the lies that you've told, or the times you've put yourself before others. Or maybe it's just that you don't connect with the worship service as much as the person sitting next to you. Or maybe you don't feel all warm and fuzzy when you take communion. Maybe you wonder if you really believe in this whole God thing enough. And I can see God coming to each of you saying, I see you. I know what you say about yourself. I know what you've done, what you've said, what you've thought. And I promise that there isn't a place in the world where I would go, where you couldn't be with me. This is good news of great joy. Not just for you in this room or watching online, 
This is good news of great joy for everyone that you will encounter today, this year, and always. The shepherds in our reading today responded from this news from the angels by immediately getting up and going to see this babe lying in a manger and then telling everyone and praising God because the story from the angels was indeed true. Can we do the same? Just get up and go trusting the good news, trusting that God came to us because God never wants there to be a place in the world that we couldn't come to Jesus. There are people who need to hear that they are enough and that God sees and remembers them. Be like the shepherds. Get up and go share this good news of great joy. Maybe wait until service is over, though. <laughs> thanks be to God. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us. You can find more information about Elk River Lutheran Church at our website, elkriverlutheran.org. And if you'd like to give to support this podcast and the other ministries of the church, just click that Give button at the top of the homepage. Thanks again, and have a great week. Don't take money, don't take fame, but it might just save your life to be powered by love.